Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Mindset Magic. I am your host, Andy Colleen, an entrepreneur, life, and mindset coach. In today's episode, we are going to be diving into the topic of your emotions. And if you're listening to this, you may or may not have listened to previous episodes where we've talked about emotions here and there, but emotions are one of the primary things that actually keep us stuck in patterns of self-sabotage, coping mechanisms. They're one of the number one things we resist that causes us to like suppress different things and try to work around different things and all of that fun stuff. So today's episode, we're going to address a little bit about that. And we're going to talk about one of the number one things that actually makes emotions feel so painful and how that kind of manifests in a subconscious way in our mind and body. And so I'm just going to dive right in right now because this topic has been coming up a lot with my clients and usually what happens when people enter into coaching is that this the same topics will be hit in different orders and so when it's hitting all at once with everyone I'm working with even though everyone's kind of on a different path then I know it's something that I want to talk about because obviously it's important. And so it seems like a suiting topic to kind of address today, more specifically the idea of kind of resisting our emotions and what makes us want to resist them. I think it's interesting because we normally are told that the goal is to manage your emotions. And I know if you've ever been in any form of therapy or any form of maybe like, um, maybe even coaching, honestly, where they've said that, like, we're working to manage your emotions, to help you gain better control of your emotions, all of that. I fundamentally think that that, although might be helpful at a time, right? Like there's different steps we want to take to getting to where we want to go. Um, but that is not the end goal in my mind. Managing your emotions is only one path to the problem or one path that you can take one step on that path maybe, but being able to truly navigate your emotions and kind of live with them, have them not be so painful or so overwhelming or even not having them dictate your moves, that's where we want to be. And right now, most people let their emotions dictate what they are doing, but because that has been happening for so long, because we've been taught to operate around our emotions like that, usually dating back to the ages between zero and eight years old, then what ends up happening is that decades later, we don't even think we have a problem with our emotions because that happened so long ago. This pattern is just so innate, so subconscious, so automatic. And so everyone to some extent will probably have some level of challenge navigating their emotions, understanding them and not automatically reacting to them. And the goal isn't to be perfect here. The goal isn't to have perfect control of everything going on. It's actually to have zero control and be okay kind of riding the waves because you don't feel like your emotions are this big, bad, scary thing. And because a lot of us have been taught at young ages to see emotions, especially negative emotions as big, bad, scary things, a lot of us do have a problem with them. And so let's go into that a little bit because at the root of a lot of our emotional problems comes the fact that we are afraid to experience the emotion. Again, this could be on a conscious level, but oftentimes it's on a subconscious level. And that's why we want to kind of dive in and understand it a little bit more. And so 
when we have a hard time experiencing our emotions, it's usually because we've made them mean something about us if we experience them, because the emotional part is just one part of it, right? Emotions can be split up into two facets. It's the actual feeling, the physical feeling that comes up in our body. Then it is the mental component of the thoughts, the kind of meaning that gets added to those thoughts and where those thoughts come from. And as we know, thoughts create how we feel, create what we do. And so if you have thoughts that are negative because you're feeling a certain emotion, then what often happens is we kind of almost like emphasize that emotion and give it power that causes us to stay stuck inside of us. The more we focus on it, the more we resist it and the more it stays in us. And the reason that that's a problem is because a lot of times this emotional energy that'll get stuck in our body, it, it can easily go away. It can flow through our body easily, but when we give it all this mental attention, it makes it so much harder. The problem here is that we don't really know how to not give it mental attention because there are so many levels of different meaning and belief and like opinions when it comes to what our emotions mean about us. So let me give a couple examples here because this is usually where people get a little bit confused and aren't sure kind of where to go next with it. The first example I give is think about sadness. What have you learned specifically about being sad? What have you learned it means about you to cry? Whether that be cry in public, cry in your bedroom alone, cry in front of maybe your parents or your significant other, or maybe it's your friends. What have you learned it would mean about you to cry in any of those situations? What would you be worried would happen? Or what would you fear if any of those were to happen? And you're gonna notice some of these are going to seem more extreme than others to you, right? A lot of people have a huge problem crying in public places. And other people don't have that problem. They're okay crying in a public place or anything. I'd say crying in a public place is probably not like overall less common to feel comfortable with because we've learned that crying, especially in public, means something about you. It's taboo. It's not okay. We should look down on it. We should change how we are. Now, When this happens, because we have now associated crying, especially crying in a certain situation and experiencing sadness with being rude, being dramatic, being weak, or whatever it is that's coming up for you, we end up trying to resist the feeling of sadness and resist showing that feeling. And what that resistance really is, is resisting that energy of the emotion flowing through you. Now, the reason that this is this is the problem is because when you resist enough of the emotions coming up, whether it be sadness or anger or frustration or anxiety, because most of us, most people don't resist happy emotions. When you resist the sad or negative emotions, you can almost think of it as a pressure cooker, right? It kind of builds up inside of you. And like anything where pressure is building up inside of it, at one point, you almost have to let some of that pressure out in order to keep moving on and going on with the functionality of whatever that machine or object is. And as a human being, 
that that functionality is just being able to live your life. And so if the pressure is kind of building up inside of you, right, if it's kind of building and building and building because, you know, maybe something happened at work and you tried not to cry and then you're out in public and all of a sudden someone cuts you off and you are feeling annoyed or angry about that, but you try not to show it because you're told you need to be patient or whatever it is, or you're at the grocery store and then someone like takes the last box of crackers and you can't have the crackers or something. I don't know. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying though? Like all of these little moments add up and this happens over time. We just keep suppressing the, the need to cry, right? And it becomes harder and harder to not cry or to not react, like not to not scream, to not cry, to not do any of these things. And when that happens, we kind of stop functioning. We kind of start living in our head. And that's where a lot of us live right now. We don't live in the actual world that we live in. We live in our head with the thoughts in our head and the pressure in our head and the resistance. And we're like, why do we feel so heavy? Why do we feel so air? Like, why do we feel so in our head? Why do we feel so sporadic? And so much of that is because we have this energy that's been built up inside of us for a very long time. And we try to process those emotions with logic. We try to process them by thinking through them and by making sense of them and by understanding them. But we do that without actually allowing ourselves to process the physical component of the emotion, which is actually the least painful part of it. It's actually not that painful to cry or to experience in a form of anxiety, right? And this is like general anxiety, general, general forms of these emotions. So take that for what it is, or a general form of fear, right? All of these things we start to experience inside of us. They start to kind of sit inside of us. And we, because of our thoughts, try not to show a physical expression of them, try to kind of resist the energy flowing through us in part because we don't want to have that reaction. And what will that mean about us? And then coupled with what will it mean about us if we show that, right? If we actually admit to having that emotion, what does that mean about us? And when that comes up, because what that means in essence is that, you know, you might logically know that sadness doesn't say anything about who you are as a person, but that is not how you subconsciously see it, right? Most of us have a subconscious definition for what experiencing certain emotions are or means about us. And so even though you logically might be able to separate the two, the key here is that logic isn't important, (laughs) Logic is just not important in this. What's important is what's actually going on behind the surface, right? Beneath the surface, behind those closed doors. What's actually going on in the system that you can't see right now? Because your logic, it's not helping you with this. It really isn't. And logic is actually one of the reasons why we'll resist feeling these things in the first place as well. Because we logically don't understand why why we should be sad or we logically do. So then if we logically understand it, shouldn't we just not need to have an emotional response? Or if we logically understand it, but we shouldn't be sad, shouldn't that just go away? Because logically we wouldn't be sad, right? Logic, logic, logic. We love logic. We love to make sense of things and understand things. But here's the thing. We can't make sense of any of this. We can't put our finger on it. We can't like really dig in and understand it. So the key here is to kind of back away for a second and stop trying to understand things and start trying to separate the mental 
like thoughts about the emotion, the logic that's going on and the thoughts from the actual physical feeling of the emotion and start to see the two as separate. Because once you can start to kind of let some of that pressure out by allowing your body to let that emotion move through you, the energy from that emotion to move through you, then what's going to happen is you're going to notice that at least a little bit of pressure starts to go down. You can get a little bit clearer. You have a little bit better of a view. And if you can continue to calm down that logic in your head and focus on the objectivity of the energy that's moving through your body, what you can also start to do is notice that there might be just general things you want to do right? You feel like an urge to cry or an urge to get in your car and scream at the top of your lungs or hit a pillow or just like sit there and not do anything and be lazy. And when you can start to tune into those nuanced patterns that your body is sending you, this is where we're really starting to strike gold here in terms of your emotions. Because the first part of emotions is being able to let them happen. But we have to do a lot of awareness building, the correct awareness building, a lot of dismantling, a lot of understanding at a deeper level than the just logic we've been using, and a lot of actual practice of sitting in those emotions and watching them. That's the work we have to do in order to then be able to lean in and learn how to make our emotions essentially work for us, right? Because there is a portion of emotions that we're talking about today, which is that unlearning, that understanding, a level of acceptance, honestly, of letting yourself sit with the feelings coming up, not judging them, seeing them for what they are so they don't continue to cause resistance inside of you and build the pressure and stress you out and get you in your head and all of that fun stuff we all absolutely hate. And then there's a level of understanding that our emotions are just there and actually living everything I just said. But because we're living it, because they're not so strong anymore, we can start to tune into the nuanced clues those emotions are sending us. But a lot of us are actually trying to just jump to that step right now. And, or at least that's what we think we're trying to do, right? We We think we are trying to listen to our emotions, listen to our body, understand what it's telling us. But there is so much shit that is preventing us from being able to actually do that from a place of neutrality, from a place where we can actually see the end goal, right? From a place where we can do that without the logic, without trying to justify it and instead just really trying to listen to it and then help it ease our way into whatever that next step is. And so that's kind of the one-on-one on emotions that I really wanted to talk about. A little bit of a quick hitter here and definitely more conceptual, but what I want you to take away from this is that There are a couple key components of your emotions that are probably causing a lot of the self-sabotage, the coping mechanisms, and the general resistance that you have in your life. And until you actually learn to get a grip and get a handle on that and not let that basically control your life, it's going to be really hard to overcome any of these patterns. And that is why a lot of people find such a value in coaching, right? Because coaching gives you the actual tools of, okay, all of this concept, all of this stuff we just talked about, what does that mean? What do I do with that? How do I actually put that to practice? I get it. I need to, you know, use my emotions. I need to let them happen to me. I need to be okay. But how do I do that? And that's where a lot of us have this big gap, right? Because the how is where people feel lost, 
If you don't have the one, two, three steps, then we kind of just get stuck in our heads. We guess and check, we Google our way through it, and we hope that something will work. But a lot of our energy starts to get drained because we keep questioning if we're doing it right. And then we don't follow through, even if we were doing it right, because we're questioning it so much. We're like, oh, is this actually worth our time? Maybe I should try something else. And so one of the benefits that I've seen, at least with the clients that I've had in the past several years, is that when they go through coaching, even though the concept makes sense, when they first start, they don't actually know. They think they know what to do with it, but then they realize they don't. And that's where the one, two, three step type of tools for dep- for whatever is coming up for you come in so, so handy. How do you actually do these things? How do you make your emotions work for you? How do you sit in them? How do you bring neutrality? How do you fast track that even, right? And that's where a lot of the value comes from. In addition to the fact that some of that work kind of sucks, like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's kind of shitty sometimes because we associate pain with sadness, right? Pain with fear, pain with anxiety. But what if those things just were? What if they weren't bad or good? What if they just were? What if they were neutral experiences? How much would that change how you felt about them when they came up? How much would that change how easy it was for you to sit in them and navigate them and be able to work through them? Start to think about some of those things and start to practice that in your own life. Just noticing where you're letting your thoughts actually feed the physical sensation. Noticing what the physical sensation actually feels like of any of those emotions when you don't add the thoughts, when you try to take them away, what does it physically feel like in your body? And then noticing how it kind of moves through you. After you do this, you can get a better handle on maybe some of the meanings you've been giving these things, right? And start to dive into that area as well, the learning and the unlearning. There's so much to this. And this is one of those processes that does get really hard. There's a lot of shame and there's a lot of guilt that comes up with emotions, even if it's kind of not right in the forefront, which is why a lot of us feel so trapped in our own lives, in our own heads. And so if any of that is coming up for you, the best thing you can do if you experience a lot of shame and guilt around anything is to find some level of mentorship or support or accountability or group where you can kind of be that and you can bring those shame and guilt ridden things to the table and start to open up about them because shame and guilt only grow when you just sit with it. Unless you have a outlet, an actual like person of an outlet and understanding what I would like to say, (laughs) it's not helpful if you take it to someone who's like, yeah, you're right. You're a mess. That's not helpful. But unless you have an outlet to bring some of those things that bring you a lot of shame and guilt too, they're going to keep holding you back. They don't just go away. So if you're in that space right now, if anything is feeling like it is overwhelming and looming, if you feel like your emotions just feel like this like overwhelming thing, like cry me, I don't even know what that would be like. It's been so many years. Well, you're not alone. A lot of people come to me and tell me that, but maybe that's a sign that you've been suppressing your emotions for so, so long that there is really some shit going on below the surface and they are probably part of that shit, of what is causing you to feel stuck, of what is preventing you 
from reaching that next level of success or making that project happen or reaching that next health goal. So think about all these things and kind of just let yourself practice what it means to do life with these concepts in your head. That's kind of what your task for this week is. Bring this level of awareness to your everyday life and maybe even just jot it down in a note in your phone as you start to notice things so you can start to make it more tangible for yourself. Otherwise, that is all I have for you today. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and week. And if you enjoyed this episode, I ask you to please rate and review it on Apple or Spotify and share it with anyone you think who might need it. We love reading your reviews. I love that you have been enjoying the podcast. It really is here for you. So if you want to send me a DM on Instagram, always appreciated to hear what's landing for you, what's not, what you want more of, and all of that good content. Otherwise, I will talk to you next week, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Talk to you soon. Bye.